Hi, and welcome to Things of Interest. I'm Sophia Friends. And I'm Serena Chen. In this episode, we're going to be talking about scams, scamming, how people get away with things, how people tell the biggest, smelliest lies you've ever heard of. And it works. In this age of like finger tap information and easy ways to research about everything, it is astounding that people can still tell the kinds of lies that they do and get away with it. And this is our topic because I've recently read the book Bad Blood, which is about the company Theranos. Um, Theranos is founded by Elizabeth Holmes, whose name you might know and whose photo you absolutely will recognize. Uh, she founded the company to <laughs> Serena frantically Googling. <laughs> like, who is this? I don't tap, know. Tap, this tap, 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 <laughs> Yeah. No, it's good. Um, so she founded the company Theranos with the dream to take essentially all of the needles and all of the pain out of blood tests with the idea that you can do all kinds of tests that you needed to be able to do on a single drop of blood, like looking at cholesterol, HIV testing, like whatever you want, you can do it on one drop of blood. And that's huge, right? She had this very compelling story about how she was always afraid of needles as a child and didn't want to involve needles anymore. And around the time actually that I started my PhD, Theranos started getting really big. Like they got a lot of interest. She got um, some people to really uh, review the image of the company and so uh there was lots of venture capital funding um and she was starting to get machines uh actually used by doctors and so that's a pretty big deal have you found the pictures i have i still don't know elizabeth holmes still don't know who she is but she founded a scan company please do go on yeah so she was like the biggest darling of Silicon Valley. She actively tried to look like Steve Jobs, which is always like a hilarious thing to happen. Mm -hmm. But she was listed as like the world's youngest self-made woman billionaire, um, of course, before Kylie Jenner really took that crown. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh, where's someone? She was, like, number one of America's self-made women on the Forbes list in 2015. Like, she was such a big deal. And, like, people really resonated with the story she told and the stuff she appeared to do. And it was sciencey enough that if you didn't look too closely, it sounded very legit. You're like, yeah, sure, like, glucose monitors can do tests on a single drop of blood. Um if you look at like uh, heel prick tests that we do in children. So um, if you've had a baby, you might remember this or you might not. Things are pretty hairy right after you've had the kid. But we usually do heel prick tests on kids and do something called a mass spectrometer reading. And that basically means you shoot a laser at it and see what, what it absorbs. Mm -hmm. And this is a really easy way to be able to start detecting um, metabolic disorders. And the reason that this is done is because um, metabolic disorders can really easily be managed by eating certain things or not eating certain things or having certain supplements. Um, and if they're not managed, then they can result in really severe disability. And so like we have these kinds of tests, which sound similar, that already exist, that seem very legitimate. So it seemed like decently legit. The, yeah, you could do tests on a drop of blood for things like cholesterol and things like um, hepatitis C was one of the things they were looking at. And 
a lot of the actual science behind it was hidden behind the guise of trade secrets because essentially what they were doing was they were disrupting uh blood testing right like and we all we all love a disruptor we all love an underdog um and so they were absolutely and elizabeth holmes particularly was like absolutely breaking down these walls but not giving any information to places like the fda and in many cases just straight out Mm. telling lies right so Mm -hmm. in um i think in the early 2010s they had a meeting with the military to um start using theranos machines and this is when it was discovered that discovered they knew right but like this is when someone kind of picked up on the fact they didn't really have like the appropriate fda rubber stamps that they needed and machines didn't end up being taken by the military and the line that was spun was that absolutely these machines were taken by the military. Absolutely. These were being used in Afghanistan to like test soldiers blood in the field. Um, these are the things that got the machines into Walgreens. These are the things that got machines into doctor's offices. And whenever anyone either within the company or externally had a problem with the kind of results they were getting back or didn't think they were reliable or kind of wanted to push back on like what Theranos was doing. Um, Mm -hmm. they were often, threatened to be sued uh or harassed in like a huge amount of ways or they were tailed and like information was gathered on them and then sort of like they were blackmailed to not say anything about what they discovered and what they found and this sort of went on and on until the news was broken um i think in 2017 um it looks like 2015 is when a uh, a quote unquote bombshell article, yeah, about her um, her company giving inaccurate results was released. Yeah, so so it started in 2015, and then it sort of continued throughout 2016 that all of these articles were coming out. So the first one was basically like these machines don't work, like, and there mm. were some really important whistleblowers um, involved in this. Uh, Tyler Schultz and Erica Chung were sort of two quite young people that spoke out and handled a lot of harassment and lawsuits to actually bring this information to the wider public. And um, Erica Chung is quoted as saying, like, she was working there and being kind of like, man, these don't really give accurate results. Like, I'm going to try and fix it and make it better and I don't really understand why we're approaching it this way. Um, and then she was told that they were going to start doing testing for hepatitis C because before then they've been doing like vitamin D tests and um, thyroid function tests. And it was kind of like, okay, yeah, like, you know, if you get a weird result on these, you obviously get follow up. Right. Um, but with he- hepatitis C to like have a false negative is really bad <laughs> because mm-hmm. that's like a bloodborne disease like you Mm. if you don't know that you have it you take fewer precautions you don't like self-identify when you're required to by law like and false positives equally like the treatment for hepatitis c is not fun and so that was kind of the point where erica chung was like oh yeah i need to get out and Mm -hmm. ideally say something about this but um whenever anyone was leaving they had to sign all these affidavits with like with the sort of like guys that these were all trade secrets um (laughs) but yeah over 2015 and 2016 from various whistleblowers all this information broke and we're like looking back on it and looking at 
how much everyone believed in Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, a lot of that was based on charisma. A lot of that was based on the fact that she was charismatic. She had this incredible personality. She was very striking as a person. Um, And you wanted to believe what she told you. And Mm. that's fascinating to me, right? Like, certainly she made very sure not to have um, scientists in, like, the board of directors or in, like, positions where they'd be able to actually say, no, we can't go to market with this. Um, Mm -hmm. But still the fact that, like, she had this incredible charisma and used it on people who had a lot of power. Mm Mm-hmm. So with Walgreens, there was like a couple of people who were like, man, we're not sure about these machines. But the person who made the decision at the end of the day was the person who was like, nah, Elizabeth's the best. Like, I absolutely believe her and I want to have these machines. Um, Mm. She was like very politically connected. She was incredibly canny with like every every single choice she made, except for the choice to lie so (laughs) much about everything she did. And like she's been arrested for like wire fraud Mm. which is to say like she misled all of her shareholders um and couldn't be done for like medical malpractice because she's not a doctor because she did like one um one year of uh chemical engineering at stanford and then dropped out to found theranos yeah it's a it's a lot it's a real story um yeah but fundamentally like that's how cons work in today's world is they work in the ability to confuse people as to what the truth really is first of all so like by obscuring the truth by threatening to um sue people who try to say anything else by just really like refusing to allow any narrative to exist except for the narrative they were creating Um, Mm -hmm. as well as having like that strong charisma like that that is what allowed this to occur and I think it's very interesting that like this could occur in today's world like the non-scientists that I talked to about this have sort of consistently been like oh when did this happen did this happen in like the 60s or like the 80s and it's like oh no this stopped happening like she was indicted last year right like this is recent. This is something that has happened today. Um, That's so interesting because, like, my first reaction to the story is that this is something that's potentially even more possible today. Why do you say but, that? Well, that might be because of my extremely onlineness <laughs> and how I've been. I've been doing a lot of like reading research specifically into misinformation and memes and how how information propagates online specifically i mean in truth in reality it probably is not any more likely or less likely today than it was 50 years ago but probably the uh the the means of communication and information dissemination has changed I guess I say that because because I'm so aware of how misinformation spreads so easily, and just in general how our very human heuristics for uh, determining what is true and what is false, for determining what is to be trusted and what is not to be trusted, is just generally 
not very good. Like as human beings, we're just not very good at that kind of stuff. And I mean, especially in today's fast-paced society, we we become worse. Well, both. Okay, so let me try and rephrase this. When it comes to deciding what information sources to trust, who to trust and who to distrust, a lot of our kind of natural heuristics is based on, it requires time, is what I'm trying to say. So I may decide to trust source X, I don't know, about 80%. I I trust them about 80% of the time. And maybe next week they come out with some information that I then later verify is wrong then I will maybe trust them, oh, about 60% of the time, and so on and so on. So, like, with time, I can I can have the space to, to verify my sources and to kind of update my, my trust levels of my different sources. But when, uh, in today's world, everything is faster, right? Like, and not only is everything faster, but the spread of information just geographically, is global. So I'm no longer just getting information about the news around me, uh, about the news in my local community, about the news in my city or my country. I'm getting, like, local level news from the entire world, 24-7, all the time. And so I've got, like, this information overload going on, and I don't have the time to kind of go back and verify and check sources and update my my trust levels and different sources and so when I don't have time to to do that verification and to do that kind of backtracking that updating that revisiting of uh of who I trust and who I don't trust I no longer have like a really good heuristic for what to trust and what not to trust but at the same time to you know give us some credit we uh we are much better at we have better heuristics, and as people who who are steeped in in the extremely online world, I think we we do have all things considering. Like we do have some pretty good heuristics around. Like oh, if it seems too good to be true, maybe it is. Um, if you are extremely online and have been for a while, maybe uh, maybe you know that it is a shop from seeing many shops in your time and from the pixels um like we're not completely hopeless but i do feel that in in a faster world in a high information density world it is harder for us to um to give the time and consideration that every any one piece of information requires i mean it also seems like that she just had ridiculous connections like absolutely ridiculous connections i'm just reading her wikipedia page right now and her first major investor father of her childhood friend cut her a million dollar check upon hearing just an initial pitch like just an initial pitch and she got a million dollars yeah well i think that speaks to both her connections right because she gets in the door but also Mm. like that charisma again Yes. Like that ability to spin a yarn. And I think that is something that could happen at any time. And yes. it has happened like multiple times. Like I recently also read um, a book about the unfortunate experiment in New Zealand and the guy who um, 
did it, basically. Herb Green is described as being like having a strong personality, right? So like he got what he wanted. Elizabeth Holmes, like absolutely mm-hmm. the same thing. There's a mm-hmm. uh, description in the book of like a time that the board tried to get her fired, like to step down as CEO, basically. And when they said this to her, mm-hmm. she like it was described as she did like this combination of like contrition and charisma to get her role back and she did and then she proceeded to make sure she had the majority of the voting share in the company so it could never happen again it's like that's terrifying i kind of respect it i don't at all (laughs) but uh, i'm like oh my god that's really well done like oh wow but also what if you didn't use that to do crime like Here's a consideration. No crime? Crime is bad. Mm. And it's things like... So the mm. la- the very last paragraph of the book is like, this is what a definition of a sociopath is. I am not saying she is a sociopath. I will leave you to make up your mind. And it's just like... Yeah. Like right now she's engaged. She's awaiting like trial and she's just engaged and extremely happy and like literally ruined people's lives from her false blood testing like both in the sense of like everyone who worked for her is now always going to be tarred by that brush and many of them are just like very well-meaning scientists who really Mm. wanted to they wanted the machines to work and they thought the best way to do that was to work for Theranos and to like Mm. try and make them work and like to try and voice their concerns to Elizabeth whenever they could and I think that's a very fair thing to do and this is similar to like it's similar to every interaction humans have, right? Like we feel like if we're involved in something, if we're engaged in it, we can make it better. And that's not always true. And that's one of the hardest things there is to learn, right? Mm-hmm. Like I I often use this in the context of like if you're friends with someone that mm-hmm. you know has like abused or assaulted other people out there, you a lot of the time you will try and stay friends with them with the idea like, well, if I'm here – and I know about it, like, I can help explain to them that this was wrong. Like, I'm their friend. I can help them see, like, why their actions were incorrect. And it's it's a very intoxicating idea to be like, I am mm. going to say because I think I can change mm. this. But fundamentally, like, you couldn't change – you can't change a lot of things that you wish you could. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think it's also really important to – like in the cost benefit analysis of of that kind of friendship to weigh up the cost of um of you being used as a as someone who can vouch for them you might not know that you're being used as someone who can vouch for them but that's probably what's happening and so like i i don't want to say that like there's no hope in that kind of situation and you you must abandon like anyone who has ever been abusive like i i think there are very very specific a bit rare but very specific situations where people can be helpful but to be that kind of person you really need to know what you're getting yourself into you really need to understand the um it's like i don't know like unless you're very very close to them or directly related to them like it's it's hard to be in that situation 
So I can't remember what we were talking about now. <laughs> what are we talking about? How did we um, get here? How intoxicating is to believe that you can change something from the inside. Right. And that's sort of coming out of the fact that, like, for a lot of these scientists, their lives will have been ruined. Yeah. But they will have stayed to, like, try and make it better. And they would have unwittingly been uh, held up as as a source of uh, verification, as a source of, like, legitimacy mm. for the company. Like, hey, we have all these scientists working for us, therefore we are legit. Yeah. Mm. I'm fascinated by medical scams. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, my field, really, to... And, like, particularly with the Theranos scandal, right, because it was happening, like, sort of while I was doing my PhD and, like, the scales fell from everyone's eyes while I was doing my PhD. And it's, like, this was fascinating because everyone wanted so badly to believe that this could be true. And fundamentally, like, being able to blood test from a drop of blood was really sold as, like, something good for middle America, where it's, like, you talk to more socially minded people about it and they're like, oh, dang, like this could literally change how we do medicine mm. everywhere. Like it just makes it so much easier. Like you no longer need a nurse to draw blood. You can just like do a pinprick yourself and get on with it. And to see that break apart and then to read about what was happening behind doors was just like absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah, I... I think about like sort of scams and scamming, particularly on the internet, like a lot, right? Because like you, you always got to be aware, right? Like you've always got to keep an eye out for phishing. And every time I get a text from my bank, I'm just like, hmm, hmm, this could be a scam. Like you have to spend so much time with your guard up in today's world, and that's just like it's fascinating to me because like even with mm. that, even with the fact that we're like keeping our guard up and like trying to figure out what's true or not like and maybe because of that right it becomes easier to get locked into a belief that just isn't true i think we see a Mm -hmm. similar thing with like anti-vaxxers and um people who believe the earth is flat and people who believe that like whites are important i just uh uh anyway um you get like right, with like conspiracy theories and yeah stuff like yeah that. like um one of the big uh conspiracy theories believed by like racists is essentially that like white people are like a huge minority and they like getting purposefully bred out of existence mm. um it's just like no incorrect not true um and i think that's really interesting as well the fact that like I mean, like, you you sort of commented on this before when you were talking about how, like, this happened more today than ever before. And it's because, like, not only can we access information so well, we can also access misinformation incredibly well. And it looks exactly the same. Yeah. It's very, very hard to verify. I think with conspiracy theories and stuff like that, there is... I can see the allure in it. And that you feel like you are one of very few people who's in on it. And it it can be very seductive 
when we're living in such a globalized world, when we've never, as individual humans, we've never been more aware of just how many people are in the world and how many voices are out there and how tiny and insignificant we all are. And so when when someone comes across a conspiracy theory that's like, hey, most people think one thing, but I'm going to tell you the truth, and only a very select few people know the truth, and you're special because you're one of these few people who know the truth, when everyone else is sheep, and they think this one thing, they think that the earth is round, but you know the truth, and you're special because of that. Like, I can see how that would be very seductive to a lot of people, um, especially to to people who value individualism in a world that is uh, where it is increasingly harder and harder to be individualistic, if that makes sense. Like... Mm especially in western cultures we grow up and we we put a lot of value on individualism like you you do you essentially you make your own luck you if you work hard you get what you know you work for it's it's a very individualized kind of um lens to to see the world through and you know there's a lot of like analogous offshoots to this like the free market approach to things um but yeah that's that's what we value and that's what we've that's our bread and butter that's what we were born and born into and grew up learning and it's really hard to be unique and be special and be individualistic when suddenly like all of we have all this great technology and it connects all of us and suddenly we realize that wow there isn't just hundreds of people in the world there isn't just millions of people in the world there's billions and there are so many like sometimes when i'm browsing twitter or instagram or another social feed like i'll get this moment of of disassociation where you kind of just you're inundated with voices and it's not just like a single voice and then someone else's voice and someone else's voice it's just all of the voices all at once and there's so many and you feel so insignificant and so not special at all and it's kind of overwhelming I'm not sure if you've gotten this kind of like I don't know emotion as well just to be overwhelmed by the sheer sense of like how many people are out there in the world. Yeah. And... Yeah. I mean, like I, something I've been struggling with and something I think I'm really getting there with is like, I want a smaller, quieter life. Yeah. Me too. And I think that's kind of like the same thing as like your, description of like being like I don't at some point there are so many voices it's just like static right you're just like yeah okay that's exactly what it feels like there's a lot of people out there okay like Mm. it's like there's a Douglas Adams quote about it where it's like the universe is really big and so most people move to a smaller place of their own choosing (laughs) 
<laughs> and that's kind of how I feel about the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, so that's why I think conspiracy theories tend to uh, attract people and and really hold on to people. Like, people who otherwise are perfectly rational, they seem smart, even very intelligent, and they'll believe, like, the wackiest things. And I think it, it comes from a place of a place of anxiety and a place of fear. I mean, those emotions are, like, valid and real and need to be dealt with. But those are the very, those are also the very emotions that people who come up with the conspiracy theories, people who run cults, people like Elizabeth Holmes, that's, those are the emotions and those are the weaknesses that they will latch onto. Yeah. Like, they will know that, that you want to be one of the few people, one of the first people who who backed this this ridiculous company, this revolutionary company, whatever fancy adjective you want to throw into it. And they they know that you want to feel special. And so they, they will go after that and utilize it. Yeah. Well, this was depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm not sure... I'm not sure what the what the balm for this is. Yeah, I was gonna say you're extremely online, Serena. Do you have any ideas about how to like spot fakes? Like, and mm. that's not just like conspiracy theories. That is things like Theranos, because like everyone will say now that they were suspicious, and they were not. Like, I can tell you for a fact, mm-hmm. like. Theranos in 2014 and 2015 before the article, everyone was like so excited about it. Like it's what people talked about when they talked about like um, tech in the in the healthcare space, like new and exciting med tech with Theranos. Like everyone mm. was into it. And these are people like who were experts in the field, right? Like, mm. and so I would say that a lot of scientists are quite good at picking out conspiracy theories that like taking what they have to do to scientific information and applying that to other information that comes their way but they didn't do it with maybe see i would be very it gives me a lot of pause to hmm how do i yeah i i would not be as quick to to think that scientists might might be immune or might even be slightly better than the general populace at detecting fakes. Maybe it is that a lot of the well-known fakes are things that are so obviously false as soon as you apply mm. like a moderately critical eye to them. Mm. So like flat earth. I have never met a scientific professional who is a flat earther. I have never met a scientific right. professional who doesn't believe in vaccines. Right. And like right. those are the two big examples of conspiracy theories, which is where that statement comes from. Yeah, I think also very aware of the trap that especially intelligent people and especially people who have been told that they're intelligent, who are verifiably intelligent with degrees and, you know, professions in in the sciences, uh, I feel like it's easier to uh, be lazier with our critical thinking 
when when we might label ourselves as intelligent and and i think you you, you see you do see evidence a lot of evidence of this when um when when people give a their reasonings behind topics that are outside of their fields. There's been studies around cognitive biases, and it's been found that the higher your level of education, the um, the harder, the less likely you are for you to detect your own biases and your own logical fallacies. And the reason why this happens is when you have a higher degree of education, you are equipped with more reasoning tools to kind of reason your way out of your own biases if that makes sense yeah so like i'm not making this fallacy because of xyz and if i have a lot of reasoning tools in my tool belt to like make a good argument for that then like in my head i'll be convinced that i'm totally making an objective decision and i'm super smart and all good this kind of logical, critical thinking failing happens much more in people with high education than it does in people with not not as many qualifications. So I think it's when it comes to like getting scammed online and spotting fakes and that kind of stuff, I think the first thing that we all have to recognize is our own ignorance and our own uh, lack of ability and our own kind of uh, poor heuristics. Yeah. And I think if we first really understand how poor our our automatic heuristics are and how and how strongly they influence us too, because it, it's on a subconscious level that these these heuristics influence us. If we're to acknowledge that first and foremost, I think we'll be setting down on a better path. Um, the second general thing to avoid scams is insecurity. There's a saying that uh, is to trust but verify. So the thing that you really want to avoid is the abandon all hope, trust no one kind of approach. Because that, that's counterproductive. Like, we all need to live in this world, and to live in this world requires us extending trust out to people, out to strangers, out to sources that we haven't seen before. Otherwise, like, you just wouldn't be able to function. So always trust first, but verify. Always verify. Which is to say, for example, if a, if a stranger reaches out to you on the internet, on a, a random messaging device, claiming a messaging service claiming to be your friend Serena hi it's your friend Serena here how are you let's talk about some stuff um the way to approach that would be to trust that it is me Serena to be like hey Serena what's up and then on a separate platform um say hey just checking that you messaged me on this platform so you're verifying through a, a different source a different kind of medium and similarly with, uh, although it's much harder with news due to the fact that there is so many different sources, but you kind of, it's a, it's a mild trust and verify later kind of thing. And this is, this is why it's really hard, right? For us to, to spot 
fake news from real news is the the verification part when it comes to sources that you don't personally know is really difficult. So, like, this is not a solved problem. And my only advice on these kinds of things would just to be to be chill about it all. Like, if something sounds too good to be true, be like, mm, maybe I'll hold back, maybe I'll wait for other people to talk about it. Especially um, if, like, way too many people are way too excited and hopping onto it, with, like with the Bitcoin stuff. Maybe hold back, wait it out, see what's happening. I mean, unless you want to do a whole get-rich-quick kind of scheme, then, you know, do what you want. But yeah, like the the way to avoid scams is to verify. The way to avoid misinformation is just to wait. I I don't have a really good kind of foolproof approach. It's all very like, eh, you know, just like that, huh? <laughs> I mean, like if there was a foolproof approach, then no one would be getting scammed, you'd think. But there really isn't, and it's it's a difficult like. Trust is a difficult thing to navigate in meat space. Trust is a difficult thing to navigate just within your very close friend group, within your family, even like people who are directly related to you, people who you grew up with. Yeah. Trust is hard to navigate there. So trying to navigate it in an extremely online world where you're not really face to face with anyone, like it's just. Yeah, you get the intersection of those two trusts when people you know are taken into like um, pyramid schemes. Oh yeah! Oh my and god! Start trying to yeah. sell you sell you skin creams. Um, yeah, but I had I had someone who, so like I bought some Mary Kay creams. They do a very good cleanser. Um, but there is like a lot of pressure on firstly the relationship like it was quite clear mm-hmm. that the woman selling this to me was working really hard to build our relationship so that I would buy more mm-hmm. things so I'm like I don't wear makeup but thank you mm-hmm. um and secondly on the on sell right like you build up the relationship and then you're like we're friends you know this is my business you should want to help me and I had a friend mm-hmm. who started on selling and would get really angry at me for like not buying makeup from her and would be like mm-hmm. why don't you want me to succeed and it's like no I'm good it's just so sad be better at selling is my advice and it's so cruel because it's a part of the playbook like yeah. they get told that they get told to to essentially manipulate their friends and their friend group. Yeah. And this is something like I, I worked retail in high school for three and a bit years. And so when people start using the like making a lot of eye contact, like really listening to me, making me feel hurt. It's like, no, I know what you're doing. <laughs> like, come mm-hmm. on, man. <laughs> um, and that was, I think that was really interesting to watch. Like a little bit sad, right? Because like the end of any it's friendship really sad. is sad. But also, like, as a study in how these, like, twist people, essentially. Mm. And that's that's tough. The hardest things about these kinds of scams is that they really, they really pry on people's trust and they pry on people's goodwill. 
And what you definitely don't want is you don't want to live in a world with no trust and no goodwill. It's tricky to to fight against these kinds of scams because you don't want to give up your goodwill. Yeah. You don't want to give up your trust. You don't want to give up your friendships and all the nice things. But you don't want to be scammed. Yeah. So I guess I wonder, I guess that's why they're still so prevalent and they still work so well. Like everyone knows what a pyramid scheme is and yet they still exist and they're still extremely, extremely successful. Well, when you say that, I think a lot of people our age don't. And I think that's why, like, we're seeing kind of a new generation of people be taken in by this. It's like they don't know the kind of, like, pyramid schemes are terrible and you'll never make money on them and this will, like, never work for you. Mm. What they get is the, like, you will get money and you will get more money if you sell these things on and, like, look – there are people in Australia who are getting cars from the company because of this. Don't you want to be like that? Like, mm. ugh. It's just so gross. Yeah. So, in conclusion, if people could just not lie, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I really... It. It's also something like... So, I'm. I'm autistic, and, like, one of the things that comes with that is like, I find it really hard to lie. Mm. Like, and often this means that I am just like way too blunt and aggressive about things, but I like that though. (laughs) I think that's good. (laughs) Um, But it also means like, I am bewildered and often like highly insulted when people accuse me of lying about things. Like, yeah. my intentions or something that happened or whatever. I'm like, but I don't lie. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, and I think that's – it's been really tough to be on the other end of, like, people essentially, for whatever reason, like, losing all their sense of trust and goodwill to people in their lives. Um, it's brutal to suddenly have, like, all of your actions questioned mm. because, like – they were scammed essentially like emotionally scammed by someone else i don't know what this adds to this conversation except like another depressing thing right but (laughs) yeah we've been doing so well sophia our last two episodes have been like real like uplifting and like heartfelt so it's time to break these listeners (laughs) it's time to just dive straight back down (laughs) eyes closed head first can't lose that's the saying right good sports (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i don't know it's it's so it's such a weird thing so my uncle on my dad's side his my auntie sorry in mandarin you have to like navigate the family tree and there's i can hear you (laughs) doing it (laughs) (laughs) so one of my aunties on my dad's side uh she works for amway now, if you don't know what Amway is, Amway is a multi-level marketing company. Yeah, so Pyramid Scheme. Pyramid Scheme. Founded by the DeVos family, ah. which is something that I learned today from, from Elizabeth Holmes's Wikipedia page. Uh, so in case you wondered how Betsy DeVos is rich, 
that's how she got rich from scamming people, which makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. Anywho's, it is so weird when like a member of your own family is in a conspiracy theory or or a pyramid scheme because like they won't shut up about it and like they keep giving us gifts that are like Amway products and being like you know eyebrow waggle wink wink yeah do you want to get into this kind of thing and it's it's just it's just so awkward and I'm not even sure how to even approach the subject of, like, do you know that you're in a scam? Yeah. Because it's tricky. Yeah. Part of the playbook is to isolate people in multi-level marketing schemes so their entire friend group is based through the scheme. Mm. Which means, like, they can't leave, right? Gosh. That's such, like, a classic abuser tactic. And it's so gross. That's essentially what it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's like abuser tactics. Monetize it. I'll see if I can find it. Oh, shit. Have you watched... Um, there's a new Netflix uh, movie called A Perfect Obsession, which is like a thriller kind of like... This This movie is like a woman like wakes up from an accident and doesn't really remember anything. And a guy who says he's her husband is there, but <gasps> he's not her husband. And <gasps> right. he's like really a bad guy. Um. And I was watching it the other night and my biggest thought was I was like, this is like the platonic ideal of abuse. Like that's what this movie is. As you've gone, you've woken up one day and the person you married isn't the person, you know, the person next to you isn't really the person you married, but you don't know how it happened. And, you know, once you realize that he's like actively, you know, trying to hurt you, you fight back. And it's like this this fairy tale, right, of like what people wish abuse could be and how we talk about abusive tactics, right? Because it's mm. it's not really something that happens like that. It's something that kind of happens by pieces until you're stuck and you can't get out. And mm. it was just – I've been thinking about it a lot over the last few days because it felt weird to like – have this fantastical depiction of abuse Mm. in front of me. And I don't think I ever really thought about how the narratives surrounding like abuse and assault run as to like what, what would be believed. And the answer is identity fraud, Um, (laughs) identity fraud and a detective finding like following your case up because he thinks it's suspicious. What did we learn on the show today, Sophia? Oh, God. We learned about Theranos <laughs> and how, like, scammers are still alive and well. And if someone says something that's too good to be true, it probably is. We've learned that you shouldn't do a multi-level marketing scheme, but you should, like, help your friends get out of them because it's a massive abuse tactic. And while the world is a horrible and horrifying place, you should not lose your trust and goodwill in other people because that is how the end times come. As usual, you can find us online where thingsofinterest.co is our website. We're on every podcast app of choice. You want Stitcher. You want Spotify. You want iHeartRadio. You want Apple Podcasts. We're on all of them. If you liked this episode or probably another episode more. um, (laughs) No, this episode was great. Fuck it. I'm not doing like negative self-talk today. 
Um, this episode was rad and I hope you liked it. Um, but leave us some stars. Uh, leave us a review. Send us an email. We're castinginterest at gmail.com or on Facebook at castinginterest. Um, the name's Things of Interest with a tag. Yeah, you know it. Yeah. Or <laughs> on Twitter at castinginterest. Follow us, like, share, subscribe. Hit the button. We promise we'll never ask you to sell beauty products for us in a multi-level marketing scheme. None of our episodes are sponsored. So what you hear is the real deal, folks. I've been Sophia Friends. And I'm Serena Chen. And as always, stay interesting.